We think women need to talk more openly about money because money really matters. It shouldn't be embarrassing or confusing. Join the conversation. We'll be discussing a whole range of topics which will help you get comfortable with your finances. Money Matters, brought to you by AJ Bell. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Money Matters podcast. I'm Danny Hewson and I'm joined as ever by Laura Suter. Hi, Laura. Hi, Danny. Thanks a lot for coming back. So this week we're talking about the importance of being in work, but also re-entering the workplace. So whether that's because you've taken a break to have children or for other caring responsibilities, or because you've taken a break to study or travel or whatever reason you've been out of work. And we know that costs are really high at the moment. Lots of people are struggling to make ends meet. And more and more women in particular are returning to the workplace right now. Uh, the latest jobs figures from the Office for National Statistics tell a really interesting story. And for the first time, there are more vacancies than there are people unemployed. But more and more people are also taking on part-time roles. Lots of part-time jobs sort of fell away during the pandemic, but that is definitely changing, which is creating opportunities for people who need to juggle work and life. But just because there's lots of jobs doesn't necessarily mean that it's easy to walk straight into one. And there's so many things to consider as well. So we're also going to be talking about some of the financial things that you need to think about if you're returning to work or if you're changing jobs, perhaps. Um, But first, we're going to be talking to a charity that's very close to our hearts that we've teamed up with as part of the Money Matters project that operates exactly in this area. So helping women get back into work. Yes, SmartWorks has helped over 20,000 women in the last eight years. It kits them out ready for job interviews because the right clothing, the right mindset, it it really is kind of like armour. And they also provide help updating CVs and preparing for today's style of job interview because there have been lots of changes, you know, when you think about, you know, doing a job interview over Zoom and things like that. I have been talking to Sam, who started her new job a few months ago after a really bruising divorce sapped her confidence and made it impossible for her to stay in the business that she created with her partner. She explains to us how SmartWorks and the team there made all the difference in her hunt for financial stability. But first, I caught up with Kate Stevens, who's chief executive of the charity, to talk about how they help women build up their confidence and why the service is in such high demand at the moment. So could you just start, Kate, by telling us a bit about what SmartWorks is and how it works? Sure. So SmartWorks is a female employment charity, uh, and we are based on a very simple premise, really, which is that when a woman looks and feels good about who she is, she's able to go on and do great things. Uh, And we we take that simple premise and really um, give it a profound impact. So we help women who have a job interview lined up, but who haven't been successful in returning to employment. We dress them in an outfit of clothes and accessories that's entirely theirs to keep. uh, And it's styled for them very carefully and thoughtfully. Uh, And then she has a one hour coaching session just to really help her with the tips she needs to be able to succeed at interview. So together, those two things, the dressing and the coaching, means that she has the toolkit, if you like, to go to the interview and succeed. Um, And we're very proud that after our service at the moment, uh, 72%, which is the highest it's ever been, 
72% of the women we help go on to get a job within a month of their visit to us. So uh, we really can show that actually this thing we do, do here has a very profound impact on the women that we're, that we're seeking to help. And can you give me an idea of kind of some of the background of the women that might be coming to you for help? Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. The women we help uh, range in ages hugely. We have uh, 16, 17-year-old girls who might never have worked. We have a lot of women returning who, who kind of might have taken on personal responsibilities or family responsibilities and so have been out of the workforce. We also have older women who are having to return to the workplace, um, especially in the current climate, and, and seek employment after a long gap. So full range of ages, um, full different um, economic backgrounds. Um, everybody is in need, but often might have had different experiences to get to where they are. And I think one of the things that really unites what we do at SmartWorks is that, you know, it only takes one or two things to go wrong in your life where you find that you're in a situation where you do need help. So there's a bereavement or you lose a job or something happens to destabilize your life. And actually all those things that you can take, uh, you did take for granted often aren't there anymore. So we, we really are there for any woman who needs our support. Um, and they do a, a wide range of jobs. So a lot of female focused roles. So it might be in retail, it might be in uh, kind of hospitality or uh, um, caring responsibilities or teaching settings. Um, but also we have women doing completely different things. They might be going to be a bus driver. They might be going into some kind of digital training course or they might be going into um, other, other really uh, non-traditional careers too. So a whole range of, of different uh, job prospects. And so with the current cost of living crisis, are you finding that there's been a big uptick, uptick in the number of people that are seeking your service? Yeah, there's a massive need for what we're doing right now. I think... Um, it, it's really tough out there. I think it's been a really tough couple of years where we're hearing from clients who are coming to see us, um, you know, that people haven't been out really and have lost that kind of confidence that comes from just having a, a more normal life. So I, I think we're, we're very aware that it's been a very tough climate for the women we're here to support. And, and also just um, it's going to get worse. I think there's no doubt about that. Um, you know, as smart as we don't create the roles, so we don't create jobs. We're here to help a woman succeed at a role um, that that she might have found through other means. But what we are here to do is is make sure that she puts forward her best possible foot and gets the job because we really believe that having a job can be such an important uh, kind of foundation in being able to transform other parts of your life. So, um, you know, it, it couldn't be more important to us. Uh, and, I, and I think there are jobs for people to go to at the moment, which is good. There are jobs available, but, you know, not everybody might feel that they're capable of that job or that that job's for them or that they really understand even how to kind of access into that job. Yeah, I was going to say that because obviously on the one hand, you've got the cost of living crisis kind of having a real impact on people's ability to spend. But um at the same time, we've got a really buoyant jobs market with lots of vacancies at the moment. So, um I guess, which of those factors are, are winning? Is, is the availability of jobs actually improving things for people or not? I mean, it's hard to say. I think it, it, at SmartWatch, really what we're here to do is be the conduit between the two. So I really hope that we're here to help women kind of be their best, receive, reach their potential and go on and get the job. I think, I think it is really, there are, there are jobs out there that are not necessarily always the jobs that people might want to do. And I think there is a problem about quality of jobs, um, but that's a kind of a different moment, if you see what I mean, to what we're doing here. I think I think 
the joy of smart works is that we're so focused on achieving the thing that we know we can do and make a difference from. So we're very focused on dressing and coaching clients so that they can then uh, go on and get the job. And we do find that once a woman has got a job, um, often it can change her own aspirations and her own sense of what's possible. So you think, actually, I have got this job, but now I know that I can do this. And I've had this moment where I've reconnected with my potential, with who I am, what I'm capable of. And you know what, I'm going to try for another job. Uh, I think I can get a better job. And I, and I think that that kind of unlocking is, is a really important part of, of, of what we do. And in that kind of, um, you've obviously got two factors to your service, the kind of dressing and then the coaching. What kind of advice are you giving people in those coaching sessions to help them succeed at interview and, and feel more confident as well? Yeah, I mean, we're very client-led at SmartWorks. So I think it, it's very important that that's a safe space for each woman to bring to the table anything that she might have um, that's concerning her. So I think that's that's a really important premise that sits behind the whole service really I, th- I think within that actually you know um we are all women here at SmartWorks, and i definitely think there's a female trait about underselling yourself and not being confident and talking about the things you might have achieved so a lot of i know consistently some of the themes that come up are just about understanding uh, what you're good at um being able to talk confidently about um things that you've achieved being able to sell yourself really and, and then being able to talk honestly about gaps in CVs I think is really important and to be able to explain why those might be there because often it's a case that um, that might have happened so um, that all definitely comes up and then and then it's that it's really lots of different types of advice so you might have someone coming for an interview who you know potentially hasn't really been to an interview situation before and um, it, it's really important to just go through the absolute basics of coming into a room of making eye contact of shaking hands of um, one thing that's been coming up recently quite a lot, actually, is just sounds very obvious, but not looking at your phone <laughs> during an interview. And like, it's a long time as an interview. And if you're very used to having your phone everywhere, then that's not something we can do. So it's, it's been important just to go through those basics so that everybody feels really confident in how to kind of um, really, really sell themselves. And, and it couldn't be more important at the moment. Yeah, and so I'm sure lots of people, different people use the service and come from different backgrounds, as we've talked about, but what are some of the common bigger barriers to employment? Is it really around that confidence issue or is it other kind of external factors? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't speak for the whole whole kind of wider jobs market. I think what we see at SmartWorks is that often um, it's very demoralising looking for a job. Um, you know, I think everybody can remember that moment where even if briefly you step out of the job market, it's very quick to kind of lose um, a sense of what it is and for it to feel like this other thing that um, happens to other people. And um, I know when I went on my maternity leaves, it suddenly felt like, oh my gosh, I've stepped out of work. It's not me, you know, and and, and it's really difficult. So it is confidence, but often, often that's kind of multi-layered into other things that might be going on in, in somebody's life. So um, I think for the women who come to see us, it's really important that they know when they come through our doors, that they're going to be looked after, that they're going to be respected and that they're going to be safe. And that those are really important things behind what we do, because I think I think it's easy to become more or it's easy to become less visible when you're not working. And um, but that doesn't mean that you aren't proud and it doesn't mean that you don't want to be heard and respected in what you're doing. So. What, what, what we exist to do at SmartWorks is to say to a woman, you know, come and see us. We will dress and coach you for your job interview. But really, it's not necessarily about the clothes. It's about understanding 
what the clothes mean to a woman um, in particular, I think. And I think when you do then, uh, you know, everyone has that moment where they put on the clothing that makes them feel great about who they are. I'm sure, you know, you've kind of had that moment where you've got your lucky jacket or you've worn that dress that is just right or or perhaps it's a small thing, perhaps it's a bracelet that you wear or a necklace, but something that says to you, this is this is me and this is who I am and, and this will give me confidence and strength as I go through this very difficult situation because interviews are difficult. So I, I think for us, it's it's using clothes to allow a woman to kind of express who she is and um, feel confident in, in who she is and who she's um, uh, putting out into the world, if you like, uh, so that then when she comes to have her interview, she can really get that message across. And don't worry, there's more to come from Kate a little bit later on the podcast. But the most important people are the clients, the women that the charity helps nurture. And I've been chatting with Sam Gilbert about why she, she sought out SmartWorks and what happened after she did. We're talking to you at lunchtime from your office. What What is it that you're doing now? I am now an office manager at a communications uh, company um, that's expanding and doing very well. And it's getting busier and busier by the day. And how long have you been there, Sam? I started on the 1st of February, um, um, literally just a few days after I had my, my um, SmartWorks. So talk me through, what, what, what brought you to SmartWorks? I had, uh, I had spent quite a long time in my own business um, and divorce um, led me to um, leave that business. And it was then back into the work market, which had changed a great deal in that time, not only um, how you produce your CV, but also interviewing techniques. And I was struggling. Um, my work coach had um, recommended SmartWorks and it sounded, uh, it sounded really good. So that's how I found my way to SmartWorks because not only did I need coaching on the new techniques of interviewing, but I'd also put on a, a good two dress sizes through COVID. So I didn't have any interview clothes really. And not having the right clothing and not being able to get through the interviews properly was quite sapping for my confidence. And I didn't know how to take the next step forward. I think a lot of people know exactly what you're talking about when you're talking about going up a dress size through COVID. Uh, I, I think many of us are in exactly the same boat. But when you're then trying to find a wardrobe suitable for going into the office, how important was it to have the right clothes? And, and how was that experience of, of being kitted out? Well, having gone to a couple of interviews in I, what I consider fairly inappropriate clothing, because I'd always I'd already been quite a while down uh, into COVID at this point. Um, and I was wearing a summer dress to an interview and it was the best that I had. And it it was making me concentrate on the wrong things during the interview. So I was not feeling confident in either how I looked or in my approach and answers to the interview. And SmartWorks, they helped you figure out what to wear. They gave you an outfit to wear, which would have boosted your confidence anyway. But then they talked you through all the different techniques, the kind of questions that you would be asked in an interview. Well, how that worked was um, the day I arrived, I had uh, two, two appointments. One was with a couple of ladies online because it was still 
COVID and they helped me through interview techniques and they did mock interviews with me, um, which although it was very mortifyingly cringy, um, it was very helpful because they did identify very quickly what I was doing and that was waffling and trying to answer my entire CV within one question. And they managed to, in the period of time that we had our coaching session, really condense some very worthwhile information that I took to me, took with me to my interviews, and it helped me immensely with confidence. And with the clothing, when we went downstairs, they they looked at my size, they asked about my taste, and then they picked things that they knew would suit um, my body shape and the type of job that I was going for. So I didn't get stuck in a rut with what I normally choose. And I came out with some clothes that I wouldn't have usually considered, but actually fitted me beautifully and looked part for the roles that I was going for. And they really did make me feel confident. And how did you feel going there? Because I know it it can be really difficult just taking that first step and saying, "Okay, do you know what? I need some help. Um, I was okay with that. Um, I had the confidence to do that because I think it's in my natural um, personality that if I need help, I will seek out answers. So I did seek them out and um, I sought out lots of things and and I found them. Um, I found it harder um, starting work and going to interviews because they were so different, so different. Um, but that was made a lot easier after SmartWorks. But no, I didn't find it difficult. And they were so welcoming and such lovely people and knowledgeable. And they were like your own band of cheerleaders. They really were. And um, it was a wonderful experience. I loved every minute of it. And luckily, I got to go twice. And you went to the interview. You got the job. You also got a bit of extra help afterwards with wardrobe that you could then wear at work yes they provide you if you go on to get the job then you're invited back to uh, be fitted for a capsule wardrobe which I can't tell you was so useful because it's all very well having an interview dress and then you turn up looking like a laundry basket because you've got no other clothes um, so they set you up with a capsule wardrobe and you look great and, and it gets you through until your first pay packet when you can go and get yourself out more. Um, it, it's it's hugely well thought out system. So how did it feel when you got that first pay packet? Because clearly, I mean, you'd been through the ringer. It was terrific, actually. And I gave myself a big fat present and uh, booked a holiday to St. Lucia. <laughs> And if you hadn't got the job, if you hadn't got, you know, the the commitment that those pay packets were going to keep coming, I'm guessing that your life would be very different right now. It would. And it was different before that. I'd gone from a very stable um, employee with my own business to suddenly being um, having to be financially independent myself on my own as a woman with my two children. And although they were grown, they were still at home and it was it was a lot of money and it was worrying. I was the sole breadwinner um, of a house and two kids um, and it was very worrying and it was very, very tight budget wise, as it was for a lot of people during COVID. So getting this job and 
and absolutely loving it. It's such a super company and it's such super people. But um, it's been great. It's been really good. So if somebody is now back where you were before you got the job and finding it tight and not getting the jobs that they're applying for and really feeling that they don't have the confidence to sort of push that door open, what would you say? I'd say um, keep looking to try and tweak things. Um, If you keep doing the same thing and you're not getting results, you're doing something that isn't quite right. So you need to keep, it's, it's quite soul destroying sometimes. Try and get as much advice as you can from all sorts of people. There's a lot of help online if you look for it and all sorts of things. Uh, even if you scroll through Facebook, uh, there's so much information out there. Um, even getting onto work routes, they help me with work coaching. They helped me. They were the ones that referred me to SmartWorks. So little, little tweaks here and there can make a big difference, but just, just try and keep going because the alternative isn't worth considering. You just have to keep trying. And at some point, things will work because all positive moves, no matter how smooth, no matter how small, are worthwhile and you will get there in the end. Sam, really inspiring words thank you so much for sharing your story really appreciate it such a brilliant story and there are so many women out there just like sam and people like sam are exactly why smartworks charity was created helping women to get jobs to get money get financially secure build their confidence and um, here's kate again so obviously this is a financial podcast so money matters its aim is to narrow the gender investment gap but Obviously, the gender pay gap is a big part of that. How do you guys um, encounter that in in your day-to-day work with people? Yeah, the gender pay gap is a very real issue, I think, for many women, regardless of industry or position or or who you might be. I mean, there are lots of um, great initiatives, I think, that have been taken to combat this. I I think for us, um, it's really important for us that we give women the very best chance they have of succeeding and knowing their own worth. Um, and I think a lot, a lot of that, that's what this comes down to. Um, and, and that's our way of tackling it, if you like. Um, I can't really talk for the whole um, world, but I think that by doing our bit here, um, we give women the confidence that they have to know who they are and know what they're capable of. And I, I really believe that that moment uh, can stay with you. I think we all have moments in our lives where, which are important turning points. Um, and it's really important for us um, that a woman knows that and feels it. And then hopefully then it becomes easier to do other things, which are often quite difficult to talk about. And often it does seem it's hard for women to talk about things, too, that might be financial. You know, to your point about um, this being a, a kind of financial focused podcast, it, it is it does really matter. It really matters to be able to talk about um, uh, what you earn, about what you expect from your kind of income and salary. And, and I think, um, perhaps anecdotally, but it's certainly been our experience that often women are, are reticent to talk about that. And it, and it can be more difficult for, um, for them to talk about it. So we're here to kind of, we want everyone to have the skill sets they need to succeed at their interview and get the job that they want. And often that does mean being able to talk honestly about what your kind of expectations are around money and salary and to know that that's okay. I think, you know, we've got fantastic coaches here that work with our clients to be able to say, 
um, yeah, it is all right. If you, if you want to ask about that, how about phrasing it like this? And, you know, and, and just thinking about how you, how you talk about these issues, I think can be very helpful. And then just to know that you have to do it, right? That you have to take a deep breath at some point and say, you know, I, I would like to talk about what um, the, the salary is and, and how that might change and what the potential is for it. Yeah, I think it's such a big part of it, isn't it? And it's that dreaded question that people always get when they are going for an interview or lining it up. It's like, what is your salary expectation? You don't want to undershoot. You don't want to overshoot. Um, so it's interesting. Do you think people are more open to those discussions? I mean, anecdotally from the clients you've spoken to and the coaches that you have, do you think people are more open to those discussions about money now than they were previously? Or is it still that really awkward topic to talk about? And I think it's I think it's really difficult to talk about, and I think it's a difficult conversation to do well. I think anything we can do to help, you know, normalise it, especially for women, is is really important um, to be able to talk confidently about it. And it, you need to balance it and get it right. You know, it needs to be it needs to land right, and um, and often just practicing does help. I think I get you know the more that you do it, the easier it is. I think. Um, so, so I hope that it becomes more of a normal part of uh, the kind of process that talking confidently about money um, does matter. Um, and, and I think, you know, you're, you make a very good point that there is no doubt that over the next year, money is more and more of a scarce resource and um, it might well encourage people or make it more of a necessity, sorry, to talk about uh, money in a more upfront way. But I think with all things, it's it's a case of you need to be able to negotiate from a position of strength rather than asking for more money because it's uh, you know it's, it's what you think you need. You need to be able to demonstrate your worth and why that money is important for the organisation to pay you. So I think it's very important to understand who you're talking to and how you put that message across. But but equally, we always encourage people to you know look at not shy away from having that conversation. Because again, I think anecdotally that certainly it seems to be less of a uh, issue for men to talk about. I'd say so. I mean, we don't see that at SmartWorks, so I can't comment on SmartWorks. But I think, you know, from bits of my own life, I, I know that um, often it's uh, women who are reticent to come forward and ask for things in situations where men might not hesitate in the same way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, so I guess for anyone out there. It might be in two camps. So one, they feel like they could benefit from SmartWorks and using them and, and how would they access that? And then conversely, if they wanted to support you, what are the different ways that they can do that? So maybe let's take the people that might benefit from using SmartWorks. How would they go about um, getting your services? Yeah, absolutely. It's a really good question. So SmartWorks is a charity. So we're here. There has to be a need for someone to come here. And the way that we assess that need is to ask for people to be referred to us. So you can be referred to SmartWorks from the Job Centre, from charities that are supporting people into employment. So any of those kind of employability programmes. And then anyone kind of transitioning from one set of the state sector to another. So particularly girls leaving care, for example, we, are, we want to do as much as we can to help people at that moment. Um, and, and, so, and people leaving institutions. Um, so it, it's really important to us that we can be there to help anybody who needs us um and in, so in general if if you are kind of unemployed and on the benefit and somehow receiving benefits and universal credit then um and we seek to move into employment then smartworks is here and can help you and we're, we're very kind of friendly and supportive in how we um, make that possible so we always just encourage people to call if you think that we might be able to help and 
you know, we absolutely have the capacity to help more women and we want as many women as possible to come through our doors. So it's really important to us to, to get the word out, I guess. Perfect. And then so then if you're on the side of maybe uh, wanting to support SmartWorks, um, what are the different ways that people can do that? Yeah. Um, again, SmartWorks is kind of built upon the different levels of support that people offer us. So there are, there are three key ways that we need help. A, all our dressing and coaching is done by volunteers and a lot of our kind of wardrobe support. So you can imagine, like all good simple ideas, there is a lot of work behind the scenes to make SmartWorks work. Um, whether that's sorting out our clothing or um, uh, making sure everything's steamed and on the rails and looking immaculate for our clients, or whether it's actually styling our clients and dressing them or giving your time to coach uh, our clients. So we are powered by that kind of volunteer support, which is uh, a huge plank of what we do. Um, we also uh, need money to do what we do. So there's lots of different ways to fundraise and get involved with what we do, whether that's your own local fundraising initiatives. We have our own cycle initiatives we run. And we, we do a lot of sales. Um, so we, we run our own kind of sales and events and encourage people to come and shop. It's a great, wonderful way of uh, kind of accessing that circular economy, but also um, bringing in funds. So all that money comes back to smart work. So um, th those are those are really important ways that you can, you can get involved with who we are. We really encourage people to do that. And of course, all the clothing in our wardrobes is donated. Some of it comes direct from retailers. Some of it comes from individuals. So... If you do have that piece of clothing that you're not using, like everybody has something in their wardrobe still with the tag on. Um, I, I know this. I've been in lots of rooms where I've asked people and uh, nearly always all the hands go up. So that piece of clothing can then be given to another woman who can then use it to help her um, at succeed at interview. It doesn't need to be new, but as long as it's kind of good quality and interview appropriate, we, are, we do ask that people send those pieces into us. And, you know, that works... That works because it's great to have good clothing, but it also works because then the person receiving that feels that she's got someone on her side. And I think that's a big part of it. It's not just uh, giving someone a handout. It's actually looking after them and, and helping them, them step up, uh, which I think is a, is a really powerful message. So, yes, clothes, volunteers, money. We need all those things. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much for that. And um, really appreciate you spending the time today. Thanks for that, Kate. Thank you so much. Kate Stevens there, the Chief Executive Officer of SmartWorks. And, and Laura and I were absolutely delighted to take part in an event for SmartWorks, along with AJ Bell Chair, Baroness Helena Morrissey, a little while ago, because getting a job, it, it really is one step on that road to, you know, financial stability. So many financial issues that, that people need to think about when they're going for a job, though. Um, everything from, you know, budgeting for travel requirements, for childcare, making sure that they're claiming all the benefits that they're entitled to, and grabbing free money by signing up to a work place pension. And Laura, I know you're going to talk through a few of the things that maybe people aren't aware of, just clever tips for people when they are starting work. Yeah, and I think budgeting is probably the one where everyone needs to start. Um, so if you've just gone back into work, or if you've got a new job and your salary has changed, it's a great time to look at your budget. And that essentially means looking at how much you're spending each month and how much you've got coming in. Um, and so you need to work out everything that you're spending each month, which is pretty easy. There's lots of apps on banks um, that can help you with that now. Or you can do it the old school way and look at a past 
month of your bank statements and see where you're spending money and how much. Um, And then you just really need to set that aside any money that you've got coming in. So whether that's from your income, whether that's from any benefits or government support you get or um, money you get for other income, if you have any kind of jobs on the side, um, add all that together. And you're basically looking at whether you can balance the books or whether there's a deficit. Obviously, if you've got more money coming in than going out, then that's great. And then you can move to the next step, which is um, looking at paying off debts or starting saving or investing, depending on your circumstances. Um, If you've got more money going out than you've got coming in, then that's when you really need to tackle the problem. And all of this can seem a little bit daunting and also a little bit boring sometimes. But if you are spending more than you've got coming in, it's really great to identify it now and work out a plan of how to solve it. It can be so easy to just bury your head in the sand and think something will come along that helps bail me out of this. But I think particularly at the moment with the fact that we're seeing such rising cost of living and that that's not going away anytime soon. And in fact, as we come into next winter, it's going to get worse for a lot of people. It's good to acknowledge that deficit that you might have now. And then it's about looking at how you can save money. So whether that's cutting out costs entirely, so um, cancelling subscriptions for things or cutting back on certain areas. Now, I think a lot of people will probably have done a lot of that stuff already, um, but it's important to kind of evaluate what's important for you to spend your money on and what you could do without with and save a bit of money. And then otherwise, it's looking at areas you can save money. So um, things you have to pay for, so bills and food and all of those things, um, areas where you can save a bit of money on those. And it can change as well every month. I'm quite sad because I must admit every single payday, I go through all the bills I know that are going to come out and I immediately sort of take those off the amount of money that I've got going in. And then I sort of think about anything that might come up. So, you know, car repairs and things like that can happen out of the blue but just that cushion and I know that um, the uh, ONS recently did a a survey asking people how they could cope if they had an unexpected bill of £850 and loads more people than ever before said that they really couldn't cope. There are other things to think about when you're starting a job and a lot of people aren't claiming the benefits they're entitled to. Yeah, so lots of people aren't claiming benefits um, that they'd actually be entitled to. Lots of people think they're either not eligible for them or they don't think to check back in when their circumstances change to see whether they would be. If you've got children, then the big ones are child benefit, but also tax-free childcare, which is so chronically underclaimed. We did some figures last week that showed that the government's underspending on tax-free childcare by about £3 billion, which means there's £3 billion worth of money that families could be using to help reduce their childcare costs. So it's really about checking things like that. And then if you're a low-income family, then it's worth looking at a free benefit checker online to see whether there's other help and support you could get up from things like universal credit. Um, it's important to point out that you should never pay for one of those benefit checkers and you shouldn't pay for anyone to claim those benefits for you. You can claim them for free through the gov.uk website. Um, but you can go to services like Citizens Advice. They're really good at kind of looking overall at all of your finances and seeing whether you might be able to get any support. Because for families out there, if someone's returning to work, then childcare is going to be your biggie if you don't have um, any family to help. So there's lots of ways where you can reduce those costs. Three billion is a huge amount of money not to be being claimed. 
I know. It's because, I mean, it's for so many reasons, but mainly lots of people don't realise that they're eligible for it. The name tax-free childcare just doesn't really explain that well what it is. Um, And to briefly explain, it's where you pay money into an account and then the government will top that money up. So for every £8 that you put in, the government will add £2. And then from that account, you can pay your childcare provider. But it goes all the way up to age 11. Um, So lots of people also think that it's just for preschoolers, but you can use it for things like breakfast clubs or after school clubs or holiday clubs. Um, As long as the childcare provider is registered, then you can use it with them. So um, lots of people think they wouldn't be eligible because of what they earn or because of how old their child is. Um, but also, having recently gone through the process, it is quite a lot of admin faff to set it up. And I think that puts off quite a lot of people. But it is worth it, particularly if you're paying a lot in childcare costs. Free money is so important. You really don't want to turn away free money. Um, and right now, I guess a lot of people... Maybe they're not thinking about their pension or they're thinking that, you know, that they're too busy thinking about just making ends meet right now, that thinking about the future financial agenda, it's not top of their agenda, but it is massively important not to ignore pensions. Yeah. And so if you're starting a new job, then you would be auto enrolled into a pension scheme. So this is where your employer gives you the option of opting out, but otherwise you pay some of your salary into a pension scheme and they'll also pay some in as well. Um, There's certain criteria where you might not be eligible, for example, if you're particularly young or if you're earning a very low income, but generally most people um, would be eligible. And then it's it's quite tricky to work out whether you should put that money in. I think it's a really individual thing of whether you can afford that extra bit of money each month. So if you go back right back to step one that we talked about with budgeting. If you've got to that stage and you know that you've balanced the books and that you've got a bit of spare money each month, then it can be a really good idea to put money in because your employer is going to add extra money in. So it's kind of a bit like a free pay rise. Um, So that one's a good one to look at, but just work out how much it's going to cost you, whether you can afford it. Um, But it's always good to get started with pensions, particularly if your employer is going to give you free money towards it. That is it for this episode. I like to end on free money, Laura. Um, Thank you so much for everyone at the SmartWorks team for all of their help. You can find out more about their services by Googling SmartWorks or you can find them on Instagram at SmartWorks Charity. Uh, Next time, we're going to go back to school. We'll be talking about leaving school and college, getting a job or an apprenticeship, um, how to put yourself and your kids as well um, to the best possible start in these things. Until then, thank you so much for listening. And you can get in touch in the meantime in all the usual ways. So you can email us at moneymatters at ajbell.co.uk or you can find us on Instagram at ajbellmoneymatters. Before you go, please remember this podcast is for educational purposes and the views expressed don't necessarily reflect those of AJ Bell. The podcast isn't telling you whether certain investments are suitable or not. And don't forget that the value of investments can change and you can lose money as well as make it. It's also important to remember that tax rules apply and that the way an investment performed in the past may not be the same as how it behaves in the future. If you want help, go see a qualified financial advisor.